All right, we're live. Welcome everyone to episode 147 of The Glow. It's so beautiful to be in such an amazing setting. We're out in the magical beauty of Appalachia outside Asheville, North Carolina. Incredible drive through cows and goats and <laughs> horses. And our guest today is my dear friend Michael Parisi. So good to be with you. Great to be here with you too. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Michael and I had a lot of, we've done some retreats together and some sat songs together and, and just, you know, did some things that were fun adventures together. And here's one more. So it's great to be together. Great to be with you. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. Had a good day. Went out to Big Ivy and got my feet on the earth and in the water. You got this beautiful location out here. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it about? Um, what is it about nature? What is it about the mountain? What is it about the forest? Like, what is it that draws you mm. to space like this? It feels nature invites that naturalness out of us. You know mm -hmm. that our natural state of presence and relaxation and allowance to really look at nature and see how nature itself is allowing everything to be as it is and yeah and so it kind of has that resonance that frequency that yeah I feel really invites us into that and yeah yeah I love it yeah I was thinking about what's a, what's a theme because you know just we we just have the kind of the idea here is just having I have these amazing conversations with people like you, you know, and it's like that feeling of like, what, what if we could just share that, you know? And I was like, wait a minute, we can, we can share it, we can share it. <laughs> so it's like just sharing live, spontaneous conversation live on Facebook, which is another that. So it's like all this aliveness, you know. And then to share it out in these other channels we have, YouTube and SoundCloud and um, iTunes, and um, but I was feeling like, okay, we have a theme to start with, right? And I was looking at some of your writing last night, and um, yeah, there's a phrase, love without demands. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's that's like it. That's it. That's the theme, you know? <laughs> so it's like being in nature, walking through the forest out here, through the mountains, there's like this sense of, yeah, like nature doesn't require anything of you mm. to like embrace you and mm -hmm. to like, you know, to love you, essentially. Right, but it then, but there's this interesting question with love because love is used so many different kinds of ways, right? Mm -hmm. So, how would you define love? Hmm, in its most, in its deepest essence, mm -hmm. to me, is the movement of presence in a way that there is this all encompassing presence, and the, the fullness of that presence seems to be love, seems to be that unconditional allowance that there's this love that is existent that all form is a manifestation of and so this that this presence that we are actually has no demands upon us whatsoever or no mm -hmm. judgments no that anything and everything that can arise or come and go this love is still here it's still it's calm and it's simply allowing everything to come and go as it may, um, completely unbiasedly. And it has no demands on the moment whatsoever. Love it. 
<laughs> Love it. It's so beautiful to hear someone like speaking my language, you know? It's, um, you know, it's like, that's the essence of really what meditation is, right? It's that mm. sense of like, the um, way I heard it several times I appreciated was an unconditional relationship with the moment, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you're in an unconditional relationship with the moment, then you're essentially in love with the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, love without conditions, love without demands, same thing. And if you are in love with the moment, then then this next step is where it's like, well, it's always this moment. It's never not this moment. So it seems like this overwhelming sense of like, oh, I have to love everything. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, there's so many things to love. How can I love everything, you know, <laughs> especially that person? But when you realize it's like, oh, it's just actually... It's actually just loving this moment, um, which really just means accepting this moment. And why would I not accept this moment? Because this moment's here, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like love without demands is like just, yeah, just this, the, the pure depth of just being with with what's here and what's now. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's this sense that like, I think we have a tendency to want to, we, we put so much emphasis on thinking that there's this tendency to want to kind of overthink or like what's what's the strategy or how do I get there or how do I like what are the steps you know and I find that that can be that's one of the things we talked about in some previous episodes recently like I find that that you can get stuck there where you're you know I'm a spiritual seeker I'm fine looking for enlightenment how do I get there I'm here it's over there how do I get from here to there is that something that you like had experience with yourself or experience with that people you've worked with Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's been a journey to realize that the seeking kind of is a, just a never ending hamster wheel Mm. that there is this seemingly separate entity. And then there's a seemingly separate thing, Mm -hmm. this idea of enlightenment Mm -hmm. that we really don't even know what it is, but Mm -hmm. we're, we're chasing it or whatever it may be, whether it's enlightenment or happiness, fulfillment, whatever we're calling it. And it's this, it's this constant cycle that kind of just leads to more and more chasing mm-hmm. until the moment comes that it's realized that there's really nothing to chase, that what we've been chasing is always just right here as we are, and, and that this um, unconditional presence, this unconditional allowance is what's always here, and, and to instead of being the one who's trying to be still, trying to fabricate stillness or fabricate even meditation to be the meditator, it's just notice what's already actually still. Yeah. What's already yeah. completely present, calm, yeah. aware, that's never changed throughout our entire life. As Every thought, every feeling has come and gone. There's been this still, conscious presence um, which is love that mm-hmm. the, the, throughout my experience and my own kind of direct investigation of, of all of this is it really has this quality of um, it's like a mother present, a mother presence almost. Mm-hmm. There's just this unconditional um, feeling within it. Yeah, I would like what you said about it's like instead of like searching for the stillness, like recognizing the stillness is already here. Mm-hmm. I think that's like that's a huge um, shift in awareness because um, I think all we're all we're really wanting to do is become aware of really what's what's true 
mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and like, yeah, like being aware of that which is already the case and that which is unchanging. And that stillness that's unchanging, regardless of the sounds that are appearing or disappearing. Like I was talking about quiet, um, the satsang last week, and it felt like some people were getting the sense that I was talking about the absence of sound, which is, which of course, that's one way it's defined. Just like love is defined all these different ways, you know? Exactly. But there's a quiet that's present even when there's sound, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just have to notice it. You just have to be aware of it. And really, I think the fundamental component of all of this that we're getting into is being present. Mm-hmm. Being present, being in the moment. Because when you're present in the moment, then you're aware of everything that's here that we're pointing at. But if you're not present, then of course you're not, even though it's still here. <laughs> you know, it's, still, it's still you, but you're not aware of it. Right? So I just think, yeah, the sense of being present. That's one of the things that I've been, one of the phrases I've been using with friends is, would you like to share some presencing time together? You know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of ver- making it a verb, sharing presencing time together. By the way, if anyone has any questions or comments, Annie, hi, Annie. You say hi. 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 Annie's behind the camera, <laughs> and she'll share some, uh, mm-hmm. some of what you guys are sharing mm-hmm. at different points. Anything interesting happening? So some far, comments from Tracy. It's uh, complete contentment. Complete contentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tracy's in, in Australia. This is, a, flow. this is a better time for her. Mm-hmm. Infinite John flow. Stringer's in the house. Hi, John Stringer. <laughs> Beautiful hey, setting John. and conversation. Thank you, sir. Grace is here now. Okay. And then just some comments. I love these words. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> love you. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the, the infinite, this paradox of the infinite flow and the stillness. Mm. Like, is a sense of like that they're two different things, but they're actually not, right? They're the same mm-hmm. thing. You want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love that notion of the, the seeming paradox. You know, it's like the mind's analysis. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's stillness and then there's flow, and the mind can't even conceive that that's actually one thing, and it's not even a thing, but for the use of words that it's <laughs> it's the movement of stillness that uh-huh. stillness moves and stillness dances and everything is an appearance of of stillness and all movement i love what our brother ash how uh-huh. he describes it that in hi the ash mo- hello ash you're on <laughs> ash Ruiz. love you that the um the the form the movement and form is a celebration of the stillness and that mm. There has to be, in, in my own contemplation, when I really look at these things through my direct experience, it's like, well, okay, so the elements themselves have to have something to change within, to actually exist within, space. There has to be space to be earth, air, water, fire, that which is always changing and in flux. But what is it actually resting in and as an expression of is this space. And so through this stillness all is in flow because of stillness there is flow there is movement and this infinite spontaneous action of life uh, which is really beautiful but it's actually one it's like two sides of one coin um, in this beautiful seeming paradox but it's um, love sees no paradoxes (laughs) actually love has no 
um, oppositions. It just, yeah. It's 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 the natural way. Love without demands and love without opposition. <laughs> love without positionality. How about that? Yes. What is that? What does that scream for you? Love without mm. positionality. Hmm. Hmm. I love that. <laughs> it's it's really to me love without positionality is is this is the natural state of love and that yeah. that it's how love moves when there's not the idea of me a separate me and another separate yeah. me that ha- there's this position and there's another position yeah actually it's just all yeah. love with itself that this is love, this is love, this is love, this space is love, it's all love with itself. And so there actually is no position for love, there is no center, it's actually completely centerless. Uh-huh. It's just infinite space. Yeah. Yeah. It brings a couple of things for me. I love what you're sharing. Um, yeah, positionality for me is like, I believe this, uh-huh. you know? And then it's like, do you believe this? And if you believe this, then I love you, you know? But if you don't believe this, then I don't love you, you know? So we have all these sort of ways where we can be attached, identified to, to positions, to beliefs. Uh-huh. And we love people that share our beliefs. If they don't, we don't love them. You know, a classic case, of course, is organized religion. If you're my religion, mm-hmm. I, I love you. But if you're not, then I might try to kill you or whatever, you know, right? <laughs> so it's like there's a sense of like um, there's something that's beyond that. That beyond that the positionality is just is like sort of ever changing and you realize that that's temporary too you know Mm -hmm. so i'm not this perspective i have it's fine it's you have to have a perspective to exist right Mm -hmm. so i'm looking at you from here i'm not not looking at you from over there i'm only looking at you from here Mm -hmm. but there's also that's a valid way to look at you too right (laughs) it's like that's a totally valid way to look at you also so there's like all all these different ways to look at you, and they're all valid. I just happen to be from this particular perspective. I'm not attached to it, you know. So it's it's just so interesting how you know to hear the kind of um, kind of the dialogue that's happening in the world, and it's like you know this, this attachment to beliefs, and this belief is right, this belief is true. Mm-hmm. It's not right. It's not true. In fact, anything that's a be- I would say anything that's a belief automatically is not true, right? It's just a belief, and almost like almost by definition. You know, I believe something. Well, that's cool, but it doesn't mean it's not true. If you if you believe it, then it's not true. It's just a belief. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really fascinating. The other thing is, um, uh, gosh, what was the other part of that? There was a second part to that about the positionality of of getting attached to that type of positionality. It always comes back to it's important. But this, but is there a way to transcend that to 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 feel a sense of love that's beyond you know, I love you based on your belief. or mm. Yeah, yeah, to me, it's really, again, it's always like bringing it kind of back to what's already, to, to simply notice what's already doesn't have a mm. position, what's yeah, yeah. the love that's there. Yeah. And then there's, there's like, what is? Yeah. This simply reality as it is completely uh-huh. without our description of it. It yeah. just is. There's no definition, inherent meaning to any of it. And then we paste our description on it, and that's the positions that we experience. Yeah. And so instead of being the one that's mm-hmm. the separate entity that's yeah. trying to fix all these uh, beliefs and whatnot, it's actually in a moment of recognizing, uh-huh. um, in, in a moment of stillness, uh-huh. recognizing the stillness that 
actually uh-huh. it doesn't have a position yeah it kind of pronounces it it's almost like it turns it up and uh-huh. suddenly the beliefs can can melt away or the positions can melt away which is i think easier it seems easier said than than done for sure uh-huh. yeah i love what you're sharing <laughs> i uh i feel like uh, oprah will be like I love this. Don't you love this audience? <laughs> audience, don't you love it? <laughs> like Oprah. <laughs> but um, uh, yes, it came back to me. It always does what's important. So Beautiful. you're talking about loving everything. This is love. This is love. This is love. This is love. This is, everything is love. Their love. Everyone's love. That's love. So I think a question people have within that is like, well, what if I don't like somebody? Or what if I don't like a certain type of soup or a certain flavor of ice cream or like is there space in that for I guess whatever you can maybe choose a different word if you like but disliking something or disliking someone or disliking a situation absolutely I love that question it's Mm -hmm. a really good point I think a lot of people um, generally can get caught up on that and it's you know we have again we have these definitions around what love is Mm -hmm. and so we think of it as just simply the warm fuzzy feeling Mm -hmm. or that you know whatever definitions we have about love and yet when we really bring it back to unconditional allowance what's this this allowance for everything to be as it is so this your dislikes are are they're completely allowed everything all your judgments the beliefs the pains <laughs> yeah. the anger yeah the joys everything is already completely allowed so what's what's allowing everything to be as it is and to me that's like kind of the nature of of love it's simply unconditional so Uh it's not that maybe the vibration of disliking something may not seem like love but what's actually allowing that to be you know this this total allowance of everything to be as it is um, whether it's a dislike or a like and and you know we can tend to really judge ourselves or others for yeah disliking but again, what's, where's that judgment coming from? It's only coming from our own ideas. But actually, love is, is completely embracing every bit of it. It's all-inclusive. No matter what comes and goes, there's this ground of being or foundation um, of existence, which is simply here, unbiasedly allowing and celebrating everything that is a miracle. Yeah. The fact that the formless is manifesting as form in every moment is this total, total miracle. Whether it's a dislike or whatever, love it. whatever it may be, it's it's total. Yeah, I uh, love it. Yeah, everything is a miracle. Everything is in the nature of the miraculous. <laughs> yeah, like and and all inclusive, all inclusive. So it includes. This is, this is interesting too when you get into like a lot of the spiritual like a lot of emphasis on positive thinking right mm-hmm. I have to think positive get rid of the get rid of the bad thoughts get rid of the negative thoughts um what's your view on that <laughs> um I've tried it <laughs> you know it's it's a that's again a part of the never ending cycle of the seeker that is constant you know it's this belief that there's all these um, that we have to weed out all the negative thoughts, which there's value to that. It's not saying that there's not value in there. It's like bridges and stepping stones on our on our journey to uh, potentially, eventually, just be to be that presence of love that is, and we always are that presence of love. Mm-hmm. But to actually consciously be embodied as that presence of love, 
there's these bridges to get there and sometimes it comes into people's path to to weed out the negative thoughts or to mm-hmm. uh, have these practices that do support the sense of a, of a me, you know, when there's this sense of a, a separate self that needs to be changed and altered in order to be better, it can be really valuable and helpful mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and to... again, to really rest as the presence that is all thoughts are coming and going through, that all feelings are coming and going through, and to simply notice, you know, it's like the Buddha talks about impermanence, that everything of the world of form is impermanent down to the body, the thought, the feeling, situation, circumstances, all of this is impermanent. It's all a part and an emanation of consciousness yet it comes and it goes so to really recognize take a step back in a sense and recognize what's what's still while the, while the thoughts are coming and going what's noticing the thoughts come and go and again as we kind of notice that it, it becomes pronounced and maybe the mind will quiet down maybe it won't um, but we start to realize that the thoughts themselves really are not significant that are moving through our consciousness. Uh, we just happen to pay so much attention to them instead of paying attention to our very own presence, our beingness, mm-hmm. that it becomes, it becomes a ma- major project to be dealt with. Um, and, and as through my own experience, what I've noticed is that actually the more that I've investigated my own experience to see, to really see thought as it is without adding afterthought, and as presence becomes more, the volume kind of gets turned up on that, the less that these thoughts are agitating uh, in the sense of seemingly affecting who I am and actually meaning anything about who I am or meaning anything about who someone else is or the world is that there may be all these labels that flow but they actually don't really have any suchness or reality Mm -hmm. to them Mm -hmm. Um, they're just kind of coming and going and yet Mm -hmm. every what seven billion people on this planet are maybe having different thoughts about the same thing Um, so so to really just, again, it's to notice what's allowing all the thoughts to come and go. And in that, there's a resting and a relaxation mm-hmm. that, can, that can be experienced mm-hmm. directly. Mm-hmm. I'm having this like uh, pretty wild, fun revelation right now. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's the great thing about being present with people you love is these revelations come through. So thought like what it's like what's a thought right and it's like well whatever i say a thought is is itself a thought but what's that is that a thought it's like it's like you're you're caught in this loop that just goes around and around and around and forever and you this is how little, people literally go crazy because they're just spinning around in this this loop and at some point you have to just 
it's almost like well, I can go like this with my hands. Like a, it's like this expansion to this place where there's no such thing as thought. Mm. Like the whole thing's an illu illusion, <laughs> right? And I think sometimes when we talk about illusion, people think that it's something bad or negative. That's not how I'm telling the word. Mm -hmm. Just that when you kind of like, it's kind of like you see something and you almost like a mirage in the desert, right? Mm -hmm. You see it. And you want to go into it, and you go into it more, and you can't find anything, you know? <laughs> then maybe you see it over there, and you see it, and you go into it more, and there's, there's nothing there, you know? That's how, I, that's how I feel like everything in this material universe is. Mm. It's like if you, if you go into it deeper and deeper, there's nothing there. Mm. You know, even scientifically, you know, you just, there's just space. There's space. And, and thought is, you know, we get so wrapped up in thoughts and so um, agitated about this thought and that thought and, like, there's actually nothing, nothing there. <laughs> it's an amazing, it's an amazing revelation, you know. Um, but but then not to even take that as an idea. Then, oh, the mind goes, oh, okay. There's no such thing as thought. Let me let me hang on to that idea. That's mm -hmm. also an idea. So it's really like this is just this awareness of just like you say, noticing what is. You know, noticing what is, noticing what is. And it, I find um, that what we're pointing at transcends. Even, and I've been talking with friends, but I don't think I've talked with you about it yet, but it transcends even being spiritual. Even, even the concept of spirituality. This is something I've been reflecting yeah, on. Yeah, go so, ahead. Tell yeah. me what you're, what you're reflecting. So, the really looking into this, that, you know, because there's so much, just like love, the word love, mm -hmm. is because it's just a word, spirituality yeah. is just a word, love is just a word. Um, uh, it points to something beautiful, yeah. but spirituality in general has gotten this total, it, it's just so much description around it. And so mm -hmm. there's this whole, what we're talking about is the most concrete reality there is. Yeah. It's not abstract at all. It's actually, this is what is, it's, it's what is. And, and this presence that is always here is always here. It's the only thing that is actually always here. And so to, and, and uh, what the word maybe enlightenment points to is simply experiencing everything exactly as it is before thought, before description, seeing reality as it actually is. And, and so the, to wrap it up in spirituality, there's a lot of things that can seem, I don't really know how to describe it. It's, um, it can really get wrapped up in a lot of magical means. I love magic, um, but the the sense of <laughs> and to play, it's so much fun to play with um, in that sense. But that it can really delude delude the person that's maybe trying to go after it in a sense where it's. Um, mm, It becomes this other thing, yeah. You know, it becomes thing, yeah. this other thing to chase, and we have to be a certain way. We have yeah. to act a certain way. Suddenly, there's more rules. When <laughs> right. what we're pointing to is actually right. beyond rules, you know. Right. Suddenly, I have to, I have to be this way, and yeah. I have to practice, and I have to do yeah. all these things yeah. just the right way, and it actually creates even more. Can doesn't ultimately it can create even more contraction when what we're pointing to is absolute openness, that there's actually no rules about it. And um, so it's, it's interesting. 
It's a, it's a good... Yeah, I love that. What we're pointing to is absolute openness, and there's actually no rules about it. Yeah. Like, to me, that sums it up perfectly. And then I think there's this question of, well, what about, like, what does that mean if you just, like, kill people, if you just, like, stab people, or, like, you do... What do you... How do you respond to that? Um, so the beautiful part of this is as we start to open to this openness as we start to rest into presence more, it's, and it is innate well-being, it is innate peace, it's innate kindness, innate compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all innate qualities within presence. It's how presence moves in the world. And that's why when we see those, the, the beings who have really stabilized in this consciousness, um, they're usually out there, they may see certain part of the world as illusion and that you know that words it's a funny word for sure mm-hmm. um because it is you know there's it's here um but when you really look at those beings they are exuding compassion and exuding kindness yeah and so it's it's as this awakening dawns mm-hmm. um suddenly something else starts moving us other than our own egoic um, mm-hmm. mind or conditioning uh, the way we, the ways we've been brought up or the environments we've been in, we're suddenly no longer a product of that. We never were, but are in in a conditioned sense. The way that this appearance shows up, a lot of times, conditioning can really create a lot of the war and chaos, which is simply a result of the belief in separation. Uh, you know, the belief in separation is what causes all war, all anger. You know, all anger and chaos in the world so as we see through that illusion and see into the truth of inseparability suddenly compassion starts moving us love starts moving us and we are a unique expression mm-hmm. of love yeah. completely unique expression yeah. yeah that's a that's a that's an important component um i think what i've been noticing is that when there's this sense of like being completely open and available. I think what we're pointing at is being completely open and available for spirit, God, the intelligence, mm-hmm. the, there's different words for it. None of the words are, they're just, they're just like poetry. They're not, they're, you know, so it's, but something outside of ourselves, something larger than this illusionary sense of a separate self to move us, you know, mm-hmm. that's what, I think that's what, that's what it's about to be unified with something larger, be unified with, you know, all that is and the mm-hmm. intelligence that moves all that is. So, so then what I think I'm noticing, I'm noticing it myself, I'm noticing other people, and we're starting to talk about it more, just like openly, is you get to that place, and this whole spiritual thing, it's, 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 it's like you got to let it go. It's not, it's not, it's not useful anymore. It's, it's because, because what happens is like, I'm not open now, because I'm open to what I think is spiritual. Mm-hmm. And if I don't think it's spiritual, I'm not open to it, mm-hmm. you know? So that may be a lot of things, but it's not everything. There are certain things that you, I don't consider spiritual and that my idea, my, mm. my positionality mm-hmm. of spiritual. So I'm not, I'm not totally available for spirit to move through me in the moment. I have ideas, you know, <laughs> it's like, I think the people that have really inspired me, um, as far as people that I've like, you know, read or studied other people that, you know, Rumi talks about this. It was one example of just having to let go of all your ideas. You know, even your ideas of what you think are right or wrong, like everything, just it's like the ultimate humility. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I have, 
I have no idea what's happening <laughs> at all. I'm totally, I'm totally empty, right? Yeah. I'm totally empty for, for God, for spirit to fill, to fill me. And, and then what comes through me will be, as you say, exactly like, um, a benevolence to, to all beings. Mm-hmm. But there definitely could be times where it's not the way I think mm-hmm. I'm supposed to, you know, ideas of oh i'm supposed to act like this i'm supposed to like you know because we're all unique expressions and that's what's so amazing is like it's so Mm. beautiful is that we're we're not all supposed to act the same or talk the same or dress the same you know we have all these unique expressions and so just as an example like there's a way that love can come through that's not necessarily soft you know Mm -hmm. it can be fierce yeah it can be fierce Mm -hmm. exactly and you got to be open for whatever that however that wants to move through you in a, in a particular moment, having no idea like how it's supposed to be. And uh, I like to think of, um, you know, Nisar Nisartagata. Uh-huh. I am that. Uh-huh. So this guy, for the people out there, this guy, um, he would um, first of all, he's kind of like a big guy. He had this super intense look on his face if you see, if you see this cover of this book i am that it's like super intense like it's like a growl <laughs> and he would like yell at people and his sad songs he'd like yell at people smoking cigarettes the whole time <laughs> he ate like a ton of meat he did everything that you weren't supposed to do with like indian spirituality you know but this guy was like you read what he's sharing or you listen to what he's sharing he's like totally awakened being you know mm-hmm. a unique expression of it mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. You know, I think you you have to let go of trying to be anything, including trying to be spiritual, Mm -hmm. just being open to, you know, totally open to the moment. Mm. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how did this, um, was there like a, this question is kind of a, sort of a corny question, but I I feel like I want to ask it for some whatever reason. (laughs) Cool. Was there was there like a, a moment of awakening or a moment of something that was a, was a, was a shifting point for you that was significant or was it sort of a gradual movement? It was it was definitely gradual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was just over time. I did have a few openings where they were pretty significant. You know that it was kind of like. Tell us one. Yeah. <laughs> we want to hear one. <laughs> okay, one, one good one. Um, weren't you in? A, I had this big memory of you were in, you were out in the, the forest. You were hiking. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. So I went. Uh, this was shortly after I actually was living in Asheville, and I just had the inspiration to start driving across the country and explore. I'd never uh-huh. been west of really tennessee much I've, done, I've done the same thing multiple times that's it's not amazing uh-huh. you do it and you do it by yourself which yeah. i did too and there's all this time just you know just alone just sitting and it's like a, it's like a and all this amazing scenery is going by and it's just like this this incredible meditation yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and, and um that was one of the the most amazing times in my life just being mm-hmm. on the road and not having a plan or an agenda it was just driving and kind of letting the infinite flow take yeah. me where it would. And um, so one of the big things at that time for me was that I was really taking, it felt like I was taking this journey to to leap in the unknown metaphorically and also actually to, to just let go into that which I didn't know and to let that unknown guide me throughout the journey and to 
let it influence me to to move me in the direction of being of uh, greater service in whatever way that could be. That was really, if I had an intention, that was definitely the passion was to to really move in the direction of how I can be a vessel of greater love and service. And so I made it to Colorado, to Telluride, Colorado, and I went to hike up to Silver Lake, which is a 14,000 foot, um, it's 14,000 feet elevation, I think. And, you know, being from North Carolina, I'm usually hiking like either in Tevas or barefoot on the highest, like is like five to 6,000 feet, I think Mount Mitchell is, but I've never even been to the top. So the highest I've been was about 5,000 feet. And I hear that you need a guide, you need to go at this time because the storms start around three o'clock in the afternoon, like clockwork, but it was the middle of summer, it was hot. I'm like, I'm good, you know, I'm gonna go by myself. And there I go wearing my Tevas and my backpack and had some snacks and a little bit of water. And so I start hiking up and I see a woman and her kids and they're coming out, they're like, uh, it seems a little too risky, so we're, we're actually coming out. And I was like, okay. I still felt the nudge to go, and I asked where to take the trail because they were, it was kind of just like single track trail, and apparently a lot that veered off to the left and right. And she said, well, just keep veering to the left, and uh, otherwise you'll be bushwhacking. So I was like, okay. And, and so every time I saw a left turn, I would go left. And at the lake entrance, basically where you would get to the lake, was about a hundred yard width where you could get to lake level. Everywhere else was just peaks around the lake. And then there was this one entrance where the trail kind of led to. So me going left, I was apparently taking like deer trails or something. <laughs> and I went left, left, left. And then suddenly the, the trail started disappearing and I was like, okay, well, this is interesting, but I still had this nudge to just keep going. And so I keep going and I, I just, I'm like, well, it can only be up. The, the lake has to be up. <laughs> so I kept going and eventually got to a point where I'm having to crawl on my hands and knees because it gets steep and the clouds are coming over. It's like time for the big storm of the day. And so all these dark clouds come over and it starts raining, it's getting really windy, the temperature drops big time. And I'm just determined. Crawling up this mountain, it's getting wet, I'm wearing sandals, my feet are starting to get really cold to the point of mm, not really being able to use them and being at an elevation that I've never been at before so my breath is like really short and um, eventually I just get to a point where I physically couldn't go anymore. And I look down, and I can't go down, because if I go down, I'm just going to slide down all these wet wildflowers. It was like all wildflowers, like this tall. I was like, well, I can't go down, and I can't go up, because I'm just physically done. I'm, I'm like shivering at this point. My hands and feet feel like pretty much numb at this point, and started feeling like hypothermic. And so... I like curl up in a ball and I'm, and the fear just starts trembling throughout my entire body. My nervous system is going nuts. And I thought that was it. You know, there was a point where 
I was like, there's no cell phone service. There's nobody in sight. I can't go up. I can't go down. My body is collapsing. And so there was that moment of just probably the most fear I've felt in a sense um, in my body and just trembling and tears starting to come. I'm just like, you know, the thought of death. It's like so scary to us. And suddenly in a moment, I acknowledged death. I was like, okay, this could be it for this body. I may not make it past this. And when I said that, when I felt that, suddenly everything relaxed. It's like my whole body relaxed as I surrendered into the thought of death, the, the, the thought of this body not being here. Um, suddenly it just wasn't scary anymore and everything relaxed. And in that relaxation, wisdom started working as this body, I knew where to send my breath, I knew what to do, and it was a moment kind of of, it was a breakthrough moment where I suddenly saw that it was, everything was okay. It was like, as this presence kind of made itself known, that includes the body, absolutely includes the body, but that there was something here that's not dying, that doesn't die. Um, and I, I just had that sense, and I, at that moment in time, it wasn't like I conceptually, that's not what I was thinking is, oh, there's this presence here that doesn't die. But the experience was definitely of that because it was total okayness to, to die. And suddenly I, this kind of jolt of it, it was like this emptiness. And then suddenly this like fullness of joy actually started coming through me and I'm still in tears even but it's like the the feeling of the tears shifted in a sense and I just in that okayness I looked up and I looked at the sky I was like well if there's any if I'm meant to continue in this body uh show me the way you know and this is really funny and kind of could be hard to believe to most people (laughs) but the clouds actually (laughs) went whoop and the sun came down and started radiating on my feet and my hands and my body and it kind of shined a pathway and it showed it literally showed me the way and it gave me the way to actually warm the body up and and it was like this transcendent energy came through my physicality and I started just climbing up the mountain and I eventually get to the top Total, still it's like the body was still exhausted but there was this other essence coming through Um, and, uh, I get to the top and I look down and the lake's like (laughs) two or 300 feet down this cliff. Cause I went to the left around the entrance all the way up the side of the cliff. And then I had to go down this cliff where it's nothing but trees and rocks and just completely steep. I just look and I'm like, well, and there, the sense of fear wasn't there. It was just like, well, this is a journey. This is going to be fun. And I actually took a picture because I was like, I don't know how many people have actually been here. So I took a picture. <laughs> and then I found like a rock slide to, to slide down. And it was uh, pretty intense. There was like rocks like flying all around me. None of them actually hit me or hurt me. But I'm like digging my feet into this rock slide, super steep and 
eventually make it to the bottom and I did survive. I'm still here. <laughs> and uh, so that was definitely a, a moment of, of seeing and of actually directly experiencing um, this presence that the body is a manifestation of, yet it's not dependent on it. It doesn't die when the body dies. It doesn't um, die when a thought dies. It, you know, when a situation comes and goes, it doesn't. It actually is just always here. It's always been here. Um, and so from that, I actually went to, I was on my way to Sedona, so I thought, and my brother Ash came up into my awareness, and he had invited me before to come hang out with him, and I did, he kept coming in. I was like, okay, okay, I guess I'm supposed to go to Ash's. So I reached out to him and end up uh, basically staying with him for a few weeks. And Ash is a beloved brother who really, he lives, he lives this presence. He's a full, definite embodiment of, of this unconditional allowance and joy. And, <laughs> and so to be, to be with a being who is actually anchored in that, in that undying presence, uh, something really, it really stabilized something for me in that moment. Yeah, he would call it the uh, the confirmation. Yeah, that's what he would call it. I had, I think, same thing. Is like, I mean, not very different. I mean, that's an amazing story. I'm glad I sure glad I asked about that story. <laughs> Phenomenal. <That's a> good <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I I had a vague memory of it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a that's an incredible story. Um, but yeah, for me as well, um, I kind of like opened something inside me, and when I when I spent time with him mm. in this case was in Miami when he was giving sad songs he was like it was like this reflection um of like oh yeah like some somehow I don't know I can't really explain why but there's something about that part that's valuable you know, like no one can really give you who you are because you are who you are mm -hmm. but somehow someone who's realized who they are can help you to realize who you are like confirm the truth because he had yeah. this awakening, but he didn't really know what, what it was. Yeah. And he started watching Ganga Jin, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. That's that's what I realized. <laughs> you know, that's what happened to me. So, um, yeah, yeah, I so appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. That Thank story. you for asking. Yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah. What are people saying out there, Annie? Um, we just have a lot of resonance, hearts and likes oh. coming in. Um, Thank you. Mm. So true. Thank you for being here. Um, mm. Couple newbies on William Langlois from BC, Canada. I know William. Oh, okay. Hey, William. Oh yeah, I didn't say this when you enter to say where you're from. I always say that. Mm -hmm. You can share where you're from at the end now, instead of the beginning or near the end. Yeah. Thanks everybody for being here. Thank you. Um, I'm thinking of uh, one other particular interesting like turning point in your life, which I don't think we've really gotten into too much. Um, I saw you in Bali, mm. and Annie was in Bali too. Mm. So three of us were in Bali. But you were there first, mm -hmm. and you were like, I'm like, how is it out there? Like, I'm loving it. This is, this is, this is how it's going to be. You know, I see myself being here. This is home. I've been here for years. you got a beautiful place to live. Um, I was out there. We, it was a beautiful gathering there that I was at. And everything was just like, seemed like it was really flowing for you. Mm -hmm. And then you get this call that your brother's in a serious car accident in the States. Mm -hmm. And went back like the next day, right? Or that day. Yeah. 
Yeah, two and, days after I found out. Yeah, so like, how do you how do you reflect on that, or how do you how do you how does your mind kind of grasp that of like being in a space where it feels like it's everything's going how you want it to go, mm-hmm. and then life's like, nope, mm-hmm. this is the way it's gonna go instead. Mm-hmm. Thanks for asking. <laughs> that. That's it. This is definitely a big turning point in my yeah. life, where uh, Bali was this representation of like everything that I could want, you know, uh-huh. tropical fruit, nice beaches, uh-huh. amazing people, dance, play, uh, you know, it was, it was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And, um, and then as the master life is in its way that it perfectly brings us the lessons that we need for our evolution... Mm-hmm. Um, this happened with my brother. He was in a uh, really intense accident and I didn't know if he was going to make it. He had you know, lost like over half the blood in his body by the time they got him out of the car. And um, most of the people, the medical professionals didn't think he was going to make it. And so I went back a couple days later and ended up spending basically the next nine to 10 months pretty much side by side with my brother. And it was going from this experience of this like spiritual high kind of a sense in Bali to the perfect balance point to bring me, to bring consciousness fully here in a sense, to, to bring compassion here and to, to actually like kind of come down to earth. And, and it, there was this um, deep humbling that happened because of this where you know this is my own um, blood on the table you know on this on this medical bed that may not um, his, his bodily life might not continue and so I was with him in the hospital for I guess it was about a month and then or longer and then he moved into a rehabilitation facility and so every day I was going and being with him and being around people that were legitimately suffering. You know, a lot of people in this hospital were really suffering, especially in intensive care where he was initially. And so it took all of this kind of high energy and really just oof, brought it all down in some way to... to To really surrender to life and instead of me the me imposing itself on life saying this is everything I want and I want it this way which was Bali was pretty much like that for me it was like so much of what I would ask for and then to surrender into instead of imposing self on life letting life impose itself on me and so when that happened suddenly there was this shift where suddenly everything became so much more real um, in experience, uh, more grounded and more actualized. Uh, And it was a deeply humbling experience because a lot of my life has been self-centered in a way of through my practice, you know, being in in several years of a a practice, a self practice and whatnot and then to move into an unconditional service in a sense to just be there and that suddenly my needs kind of dissolved 
they disappeared. And it was really beautiful because as I would be in the hospital, I would walk past these rooms and this, this sense of love amplified itself. And suddenly there was this, it was amazing because this vessel started becoming um, attuned as a vessel of, of service just simply through the resonance of love that I could, I sensed coming through me, not trying to, to do this whatsoever. It was just what was noticed is there was this sense of love that was pouring into these rooms and, and with my brother and, and it was a very healing resonance. And, and so, like what you said, what you brought up before with the, the spirituality thing, it was like, you know, Bali was kind of that box for me where I said, this is it, you know, and suddenly that box kind of got blown open. And what was, you know, what's, as I've really looked at this experience more, it's brought me into the actuality of there is, there's nothing that's not a spiritual experience. There's nothing yep. that's not the fullness of reality manifest. Like the densest, the seemingly densest reality is actually the fullness of consciousness, the fullness of presence, as much as total like blissed out, like dance, it, ecstasy, it's all still this one reality, just a varying expression of it. So is a really beautiful experience that, that definitely um, it feels like that was the lesson sounds like yeah that was the lesson to deepen into yeah definitely because I was I was still chasing in, yeah. in a big way chasing that yeah. experience and that never ended okay that I had that experience what's the next what's the next and it constantly kept this separation kind of in motion this seeming separation in motion um, to chase that I'll be fulfilled when I have this experience opposed to realizing that, oh, fulfillment is actually what's always here. And any, whatever expression of life is here, fulfillment is here no matter what. And, and so, it, yeah, really, that was the big lesson. Um, it, it brought me way more here in, in that sense. Yeah. And now we're back in the Appalachian Mountains where we first, yeah. first met together. Which is a blessing, and I, I, I always told you, I think you're gonna, you're gonna come back to Asheville. I feel it every time we talk. Yeah, I always told you that. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. Beautiful. Anything you want to share before we, we part? Anything that's happening now? It's alive for you, or any kind of thing that's any insight that's hmm. feels like the world should want to hear. One of, the, one of the things I've been really reflecting on, which we've touched on in, in this share, is the direct investigation of our own experience. How, you know, we can really spiritually study and take in a lot of information, and we think it's like, you know, if I get enough information, then I'll be free, then I'll be enlightened, then I'll be spiritual, then, and there's a shift from taking in information which is valuable and beautiful to actually just starting to look at one's own experience and to, to just really look, you know, what, um, 
and, and inquire into our own experience to, to realize the truth of reality. So to, um, as a, a kind of like a strategy, you know, it's like a trigger for those realizations um, to inquire into our experience, to really look at the self that we think we are, take that for example, so it's like if we really look at thought and not just take a word for it that it comes and goes, that feelings come and go, but to really look at these things, does everything of the world of form actually come and go? Is it actually, is there anything that is constant? And so when we start to see that there's everything that's coming and going, to really look and feel into what's what's here, you know, what's watching everything come and go, and to start really investigating that instead of taking the word for it, our words for it, that presence is here, that love is here, to really start looking into our own experience to see that, oh, actually, there has been this presence that's always been the same throughout my this entire life, the body has changed, thoughts have changed, the thought, the, the thought of who I am has changed. So if the thought of who I am has changed, could I be the self I think I am? No. Because <laughs> it comes and it goes. So how could... And so just to, to really look at, at experience in this way to, to start embodying, taking the top heaviness of all the information and to actually start embodying it so we can become walking, living expressions of this truth, this presence that, that walks as compassion and as love and, and uh, all-inclusiveness in a really beneficial way. Thanks so much for being here. Mm -hmm. Love and appreciate you so much. Uh, you too, brother. Love you so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for being here. Love you. S see you next week. <laughs>